hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby, it's a lifestyle. Welcome to the Green Top Outdoors podcast with your host, Hunter Brooks. All right, welcome back uh, to another episode of the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Uh, hey, I got Jut Updike back on today. We're going to talk about deer season, and I got Andrew Napier. Andrew, how are you, sir? Doing excellent. You, Jut? I'm doing great. Good. Jut, how are you doing, sir? Amazing. Feeling re- rested. That's good. Good. <laughs> yeah, because you needed it. Yeah. yeah. February is a good month. Yeah. yeah. And you know, we just uh, we just had the uh, the worst day of the year come came and passed back on January. Uh, Sixth was it sixth? January sixth. Insurrection. Insurrection day. <laughs> Coincidence? I don't know, man. I don't know. No. So the worst. I say it's the worst day because it's the last day of a deer season. That's yeah. it's a tough, tough day. And to, it's a tough one when it rains like a hurricane. Yeah. Rains two and a half inches most, you know, across the state. Yeah. My dad's club did the last day on Friday. They yeah. A lot of people Saturday. did yep. that. Yeah. And yep. you know, Friday was a beautiful day. Friday was perfect. And the I actually in the morning. Yeah. Good temperature all day. And and I think I was even telling you about it, Jut. Uh, I shot a doe Friday evening with a rifle that wasn't even mine. It was a left-handed rifle. Left-handed, yeah. I went all the way and hunt and had everything except ammunition for my three hundred eight. And I, I mean, I hardly ever forget something like that. But you know. I was in a rush. Yeah. Happens. So luckily, guy in my club, Tom Burke, thank you very much, sir. He yeah. gave, he's a left-handed shooter. He gave me a left-handed Christensen 7 mag with night force on it. And I just said, you know what? This is this is a good Give setup. Give three bullets, Sal. See you later. And he just told me where it was zeroed in, and and it was it was, it was was good to go. So 7 mag certified now. That's right. 7 mag certified. Christensen go. certified. 7 mag certified. That's right. Yeah, you've but, been uh, night force certified, and yeah, yeah night, and I've already been, been night force yeah, certified. Good yeah, there. yeah. So um, yeah, put some put some meat in the freezer next to last day. Yeah, so. that last day is always tough because you want to. I tell people in the store all the time. Tell people I hunt with. If the season was in right now, I'd go. Yeah, I'd call out of work today and I'd go hunting. Absolutely. But it was nice to sleep in until seven o'clock. You know that Sunday. It was just <laughs> yeah. nice. It's nice to not have to go hunting uh, that Monday. You know, my club hunts the last two weeks straight. It's, it wears on you. Try to work some. Try to get through Christmas. Try to you know try to keep fifty hours a week at the store. Try to get fifty hours a week hunting. That doesn't leave a whole lot of hours of sleep. Yeah. No. And you want to go as long as it's in. Sure. The, the minute it's out, I'm like, man, that's kind of nice. I don't have. I can you know I can do something around my house this coming Saturday. Yeah. Speaking of that, so Jut, you were uh, you were busy. All year, yeah. all hunting. Saw your name a lot. I, I literally, I, I'm blown away. Um, we saw each other earlier in Blaine's office, and you were like, you know, still there's a lot of people that don't understand or know exactly what you do. Um, I would say I want to preface all this with thank you to you especially and all of Green Top for helping me get the word out because yeah. this is the first time a spaceship's been involved in deer hunting. Yeah, right. You know yeah. what I mean? It's and a new thing. It yeah. is. Yeah. And, I mean, there was a little bit out there. Like if you ever came across fewer YouTube junkie, you may with interest in deer hunting had gotten marketed to from drone deer recovery which is the original Mm -hmm. up in ohio and once i saw it i was like that's what i want to do um they put out some good content they do they're easy to follow it all makes sense yeah hunters non-hunters it's it's yep and he's exploded i mean you can buy drones now they do they have a a drone repair facility up there now Mm. like their association with deer recovery through that brand yeah wow and ag drones Pet, pet recovery, an exclusive division of pet recovery. Wow. He's signing up pilots all over the country. Hmm. So, 
you know, that's a little out of my hemisphere. The thing that I had that I feel like really diversified me, because I'm not the only pilot in Virginia. There's several. Uh, we've had Mark on here. Yeah. And we've had uh, uh, Al- Albert. 40, Albert, yep. Albert and Daniel um, over in the western side of the state. Yep. But I think what really separated me from the group, because I took a lot of calls for all parts of the state, but I think it was my ability to build my own content and market. Mm -hmm. You know, being the fact that you can come home, pull a couple SD cards and go to work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, I mean, it also caused me to realize, you know, I was spoiled from the jump. You know, so let's even go back to before the uh, Green Top Expo. I ended up at the 11th hour with a booth. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I never rush ordered a banner and, yeah. <laughs> you know, consumables and handouts and right. everything else in my life. Um, grateful for it. I mean, like I said, there's not any one thing that I can put on it other than word of mouth and just the awesome state of Got Virginia. A perfect storm, too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But, it, but even the game department was like super supportive. Good. Yeah. If I ever had a question, I got an answer. Somebody called me back if I didn't get an answer right away. I mean, that's it's it's class act all the way around I mean, it's and good to see the resource working for the consumer instead of the other way around well we need them all the time but it's not often they need us or, or we can work together that's, yeah that's and, and there's enough out there you know you see people you know they see a guy in green pants they freak out yes yeah. you know what i mean and i think <laughs> yeah, yeah. our dwr i can say specifically um from doing video work with them over the years you know they're trying to bridge that gap of communication sure. like we're here to help sure yeah. you know sure. there's a lot of good folks in that office yeah, yeah. Well, you know, uh, going back to the expo, you know, and you having your booth and all there, you know, speaking of that, the, the governor, Governor Yunkin dropped in on the expo on us on Saturday, and the, the only booth he actually went to was your booth. Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. That was bizarre. <laughs> he was, uh, he was you don't very... miss him either, because there's 40 people walking at one time, and he's 6'7". Yeah. 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 But he yeah, was 7'4 that day. He was very, uh, he was very impressed with, uh, with, evidently he had heard of the business, or heard of you, and he had, and he went straight to your booth and was asking questions and talking to you guys. So yeah. I thought that was pretty I cool. I saw the guy with Secret Service with the thing in his ear kind of lingering and I was like, what's up with this? Yeah. And it's just like, we'll be back in 20 minutes exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's a, line. There's a line in uh, uh, Happy Gilmore when the limo goes by. goes, whoa, Burt Reynolds is here or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah. no. Uh, Governor Yonkin is awesome. Here, yeah. yeah, he's cool. very he's very supportive. Um, you know, he's very, very supportive of the Second Amendment right. Yeah, the outdoorsman, yeah. He's, well, he's, we'll he's see. Hopefully. Us. Hopefully he'll veto that uh, bill that's going to hit his desk soon. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's a that's a topic for another podcast. Topic yeah. for another day. <laughs> We're talking about controlled airspace now. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The season started off um, just getting into the uh, expo. I had no idea so many people were going to come and ask questions. Thank goodness Mike was in the booth. Yeah, I mean, uh, had Albert in the booth, had Mark in the booth for one day. And before it was over, my wife's in there fielding the other questions. I mean, it was literally no downtime. Like, cool. I mean, it was, it was exhausting. Ten hours just at about, a time, yeah, yeah. And yep. um, you know, it's every every person you want to give them your attention. You want to field every question, custom, right? Like, yeah. This, so this is how this works. No, you can't do that. Yes, you can do yeah. this. You don't want to have an automated response. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, well, and and I've never been that way. I've always tried to be personable, right? And and listen to everyone's deal, and um. I got home that first night and made the mistake of wearing like two day old cowboy boots. So uh, my feet were just killing me, you know. Stiff, yeah. And, and my wife <laughs> and warned the, And the concrete is sloped. Yeah, so yeah. You, you kind of lean downhill all day. Is that what it was? Yeah. I feel like I'm taller it is. Oh, yeah. Yeah. on one side. <laughs> it's yeah. like a West Virginia deer now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're taller on one side. So yeah, my wife warms me up a plate of food. It's like 7.30 and the phone rings. 
And I'm like, no way. Yeah. That's a deer Cause recovery. Because that, that, was, that was the first, that was opening day of our Saturday. Yeah. yeah. That's from right. somebody you just met? Uh, no, it's actually okay. somebody I knew. My wife and I actually rented a duplex apartment from his parents eight years ago. Oh, okay. So it was crazy. Yeah. And I'm like, holy cow. And he's like, well, I guess I'm getting ready to be your first donor. <laughs> he's like, I shot a big one and cool. went over, found it. If you remember right, still yeah. alive. Yeah. Walking with a bolt in it. 300 yards away mm. blood like crazy in the yeah, field because didn't you have the video for that the next day yeah at expo on sunday right yeah yeah that's right wow. that's right we were we were watching that sunday morning or so, uh yeah or no or later later that day sunday or something like that well mm. so no so but it was saturday footage saturday night footage I believe so. was, yeah was but but here's the thing it was sunday. just in james city county so i came to him at six in the morning sunday before the show opened that's right yeah. and flew and found the deer again still alive still walking with a bolt in him e. So, what content? To, I hate it for the deer, hate it for the hunter, but what content to have to prove my point that sure. much further? Sure, you know, the next day at the uh, expo, but it was um, it was one of them things. So it's like, okay, you own a business, you got three kids, three and under at the house. Your wife's also self-employed. I'm I'm a huge fan. If I'm not working, I'm on the phone networking. I'm trying to do something. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's just in my DNA, I guess, to be a hustler. But at the same time, I cannot tell you uh, where all these calls came from, other than social media, word, word of mouth, mouth people yeah. sharing content. Like I said, y'all, it it was um, no no size fits all. I found four points. I found a one seventy two. Yeah, and everything in between. Yep. I had a lot of people that would call and just say, "Yeah, come, you, come find it." Hell, the deer ran forty-five yards. Yeah, and they're like, "I'm not chancing it." I had just as many calls of people that are like, "I know I hit it back. How much is it? When can you be here? I got one ahead of you. It's you know, it's this much money. I'll be there. Ah, I think I'll just take my chances." Well, you know, going back then to you, yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt. Do you ever tell those guys, man, call me one way or the other? Because that would eat me up not knowing. Because it, oh, it yeah, might yeah. have been a way you could help. Please let me know. Whether it comes down to I don't have the money on me, or I think I was a better shot, maybe I was second-guessing this call, but I would hate to – yeah, I'll call you back. It's like, call me either for free. Call me and let me know that you found it. Well, yeah. okay. I, you so, know, I want to know. Yeah, because yeah. this this the story picks up as season keeps going. First of all, being a kid that was ate up with archery when nobody in the family bow hunted, bow hunters got the biggest um, slack. Mm-hmm. You know, people shoot a deer with a gun and it's got gain green, you know, and they're like, ah, bow hunters, you know, they cripple so much. Yeah. They also tend to be the more charismatic hunters. Mm-hmm. And I'll explain that. Um, it's way more intimate. It's a 25 yard shot in most cases. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd be lying to you if I told you I didn't go and I'd search, search, search. One boy I was searching, I couldn't handle it. I'm like, where did the deer go? He didn't pressure it. He, you know, I believed him. Sure. So we actually walked down there and actually found a clean arrow. Yeah, you know, he was just like, I thought I heard it was low light, you know, like thought I thought I heard smack. this smack, yeah. yeah. And then right down to, um, you know, to answer your question, yeah, I was like, well, let's talk about it before I ever get into pricing or when I can be yeah. there. Maybe that's the Pay salesman me in me a little bit. Yeah, but I'm just like, yeah, man. I'm like, all right. So what do we got going on? Oh man, you know, I'm up there. He's down here, and here it comes in, and it's he's the buck yeah, yeah, he's 26 <laughs> inches wide. Yeah. You know, that, yeah, oh, yeah. That, that, a lot of he them had started at least like six yeah. points on one side. Yeah. Well, and I just did a podcast <clears throat> with Star City Whitetails, and I told him like I felt like I had to become the quarterback of the situation sure. because these people, without use of a illicit drug, are the highest high that they'll mm-hmm. ever be at. They're close to insane. Yeah, sometimes you know what I'm saying. And this is without the deer in, in hand. 
can't. No, no, no. Yeah. Right. They're this just elevated. Search. Yeah. Yeah. And so like early season, and this is probably the awareness that I hope I can create that carries over into 25 or well, this 24 fall 24, five, yeah. um, is, you know, how many people shot a deer immediately got out out of the stand, but then like called their eight best buddies. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then like, so like if you're on this blood trail and it's not getting better, you're probably best bet. It is not probably your best bet to get off. Yeah, and I'm not saying call me. I'm saying give it plenty of time. Do something else. Yeah, Yeah. and like I go back to how many camps I used to be in as a cameraman around the country: Illinois, Iowa, Kansas, the destinations. You know, we'd come in from a day of um, hunting, and there's some guy in camp with his head down, and it's like, oh, what's going on, man? Oh man, this might be the only hunt I ever afford to go on out of out of state, and I blew it. I shot him back. You know, and the answer was, oh. Just wait till morning, man. He'll be laying there. No. Everything we thought we knew, <laughs> you can throw out the window because we got faster bows now. Mm-hmm. We got bigger, bigger broadheads. We got rangefinders. We got wireless cameras. We got as much intel, and I think we've only become more deadly with crossbows. No. And that phone rang way too much, whether they use me or not, for yeah. us to be able to say, like, yeah. we're as good as we've ever been. Yeah. And there's a million things. You can say it's a guy that's uh, extending his season. Um, he's not a compound archer, but he bought a crossbow. But he's shooting 60 yards. Mm-hmm. That's a long time before it's that bolt gets there on a loud crossbow. For a non-bow hunter. Exactly. Correct. Not understanding what goes into that, the mechanics of that broadhead expanding or that arrow in flight and how much that deer can move and mm-hmm. 40 yards on a 400-foot-a-second bow. Sure. You know, There's yeah. a lot of on things. On an easy deer. Yeah. So I'm I'm on the other end with somebody up here, elevated wise, yeah. you know, and I'm I have to try to. It's not that they're lying to me; it's that they've talked themselves into they've made a better shot than they really did. Sure. Yeah. And so I'm trying to like, okay, this is what he thinks happened. This is what really happened, and the truth Let's is somewhere in somewhere. between. Yep. You know what I mean? And so, you know, with that, I, I would say the biggest uh, man. Opening day of muzzleloader season, and I think I expressed this concern to you. I wondered if when firearm season started, my calls would go down. Yeah. No. No. Probably See, I think not. you get the same type hunter who wants two weeks more with his rifle, and he becomes a part-time, I would say part-time or casual muzzleloader hunter. There's a lot of move. They're far from primitive. It being a primitive weapon season is a stretch, but being a muzzleloader season, there's a lot more goes into that than loading it and shooting a deer. I think you, you the same type cross over from a casual crossbow hunter you get the casual muzzleloader hunter it's probably not as sighted in as they thought probably had some of last year's powder this year's powder different changes primer dropped a scope uh, you know a number of things happen that don't happen with traditional equipment like a, a shotgun or a 270 rifle well when you ask them do you think you made a good shot and they said hell i, I was just happy to see it was still loaded from last year boom yeah. Kind of got yeah. nowhere. I'm headed. In the store, you know. Yeah. I know what then I need with. to put the rest of this conversation in. Correct. <laughs> you know Correct. I mean? And just we're all show guilty. Me to where you shot, and I'll go. Life, life is so busy, right? Sure. And it's not getting any easier with inflation, with children, and sports, and everything else that goes on. I'm not trying to give people excuses, but I get it. Yeah. You finally found precious time to go sit in a tree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'm not here beating anybody up. Sure. I'm saying like it's just a little lack of homework, maybe. Is the best way to put it? Lack of homework, but now with the drone, it's the newest piece of insurance that we've never had. Mm-hmm. So you shoot a deer, and you're not sure. Well, if you go in, you're going to jump that deer. Mm-hmm. Percentage of finding that deer goes down drastically. Once if, he gets out of that bed. Yep. If you call Rocco, the dog, 
he's going to jump that deer just like a human would. Mm-hmm. Right. So uh, going back to what you were talking about, like uh, with uh, the deer with the bolt, you know, through this entire season, you know, you were able to see a lot of deer that did not get, that did not die. But you, from the sky above, you could see how those deer reacted. You knew that without bumping them, too. Yeah. So 400 feet in the air. So, you know, some tips just for, for people yeah. or in yourself, when you have to track, when you're tracking a deer, why you have to be careful, why you need to wait longer, because just tendencies of what deer do when they're hurt. You yep. know, like when they yeah, lay, you get a you, better you perspective could, compared to most people. Yeah, compared like, to a guy on the ground with a flashlight. Like, so, so I was learning too. Okay, I'm not an expert in any any sure. case. Not from yeah. a hunter. Not from a drone operator. I'm not an expert. I'm what I what I can tell you is I've seen enough to start putting some uh, patterns together. Yeah. One of the biggest ones. Uh, listen, I'm going to preface everything what I'm about to say. I lost the biggest buck I've ever shot in the state of Virginia at 25 yards with a muzzleloader myself this year. Boom. Got the kick. There he went, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, I just shot an absolute hammer. Four four steps into the blood trail, my wife reaches down and pulls up and goes, wow, look at this big old chunk of bone. That must be from his ribs. I'm like... Uh, I've never seen rib, rib bone yeah. before. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. How could I have hit him in the leg? You know, I'm, I'm like, uh, it was, it was, of course I backed out. And guess what I have next? Jarvis? Yeah. You know, looking for my own deer. Still yeah. had foliage, still made it tough. So as season went on, I started getting better, I feel like, with my questions. Okay. Okay. Like, yep. what happened? Well, he ran 50 yards and he stopped and he stood there a while. That ain't good. But, Let's go into what we did see that was like more of the data. And this is this is very hard to wrap your mind around. 70% of the deer that I was called out for that I got out the first day, the day that the deer was shot, were still alive. Now, that's not oh. to say they lived. Right. A lot of them ended up unfortunately dying of sepsis. Yeah. Which going into the category of a, of and we've talked about it on here before, but a gut shot deer is a dead deer. It's bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, it's today, a grueling death. right here. It's, it's not a, the, but he's dead. It's not yep. the best way to go. Yep. But, but you can jump that deer as many times as you want to. And take him over Sepsis a mile. takes time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And um, the other real constant that I notice, again, we're looking at him with the drone. Most of these deer, these shot deer, gut shot, liver shots, whatever, their first bed is within 150 yards of the shot site, and they're turned around watching their back trail. It's interesting. Say so, so I killed him here. He runs 100 to 150. Straight line. Looked like he smoked him. Good blood. I found a bed. And he's not in the bed when I get there. Where is he now? Back out. <laughs> Quickly. No, no, no. Where is you said no, the deer is somewhere close. He's, no, I'm no, saying no, he's, he's in saying. his first bed, gotcha. but he's watching his okay, back Okay, and he's looking back where it came so from. So you got to oh, remember. Okay, yes. okay, okay. Think of every... He's got his back to where he was running. He's looking from where he just came from. Yeah. Think about the, the shock whether of the this. Wind, whether it's the wind or not. So he can see you or smell you before you ever see your well, smell. He, he, he doesn't know. Him. He's not like, mm. dang that hunter. Sure. He finally yeah, got sure. caught up to me. He's instinctually doing that. Looking at his own blood. Yeah. So, and I'm trying to... I'm trying to get in the same mind frame as a deer. Which good is what with, I would do. Good luck with that, right? If I was bled out through a house, I'd I'd look the way I came from. Well, it's safety, yeah, security. Sure, yeah. sure. But you're also still trying to understand it wasn't like this 243 is going to be the death of me like we would logically think. Mm-hmm. No, they're, they've had limbs fall and scare the shit, crap out of them. <laughs> Let me, yeah. You're right. <laughs> uh, they've had lightning strikes. They've had rumble strips mm-hmm. from an 18-wheeler. Like There's always a sound, a crack. 
but they're feeling this now. And especially depending on what they're shot with, you know, there's inertia involved. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's like a big shock. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like if you want to skip forward to even to like rifle, there's a lot of skeletal shots from a 300 wind mag, a seven mm that take them off their feet. That's misleading to the hunter. Very. That's like, Oh, that's a he's ton down. of energy that dropped him. Maxim dropped him right there. Yep. Yeah. And next thing I know the it's phone out. call comes and it's like, by the time I got down, I look up, there's no deer laying in the field anymore. And not a lot of blood. And they don't know where mm-hmm. it went. So the drone is awesome because you're not going to disturb the deer. You're literally going to sure. be able to do babysit. You're going to check on them. Have, I, had, I come out and I find them still alive. I'm looking the best I can. A lot of times they lay on the wound. So I can't see it. Sure. You know what I mean? Like Bottom line, if they're lethally shot, there's no deer doctors as far as I'm, I know of in the mm-hmm. woods. You stay off of them chances are he's gonna be right there or in his second bed third at most fairly close so if you think the first bed <clears throat> what you've seen is within 150 you think 100 150 for yep. the first bed well how far is the second bed half the distance that, twice the distance that, that could be from here to the wall okay i mean or real, it could be 500 yards yeah i found a deer early season um uh woman megan um in charles city she shot monster eight point <sighs> Just an absolute stud, like in that fifties category, yeah, which is b- bizarre. Oh yeah, um, that deer had three to four beds within ten yards of the first bed, and his, the leaves were destroyed. She hit him back, mm-hmm. yeah. But so yeah. he was getting up and then oh. saying, "Oh, I can't do it. Okay. I can't. I got to sit back down." But that willpower to survive yeah. of a just mature body, energy to get up again to sit back down, exactly. Okay. Yeah. But the leaves were cleared out, like. Like a turkey. Oh, fan. and there's hair and yeah. but there's no cut. Nothing ate on him. Yeah. He wasn't eating. He just but got up, stumbled he, around, and he was just flailing. And you know, and it's it's unsightly. I don't put the videos out with that content in there, sure. but you can't believe how many I found with their heads straight at the sky, just rolling their heads around. I mean, just in agony. You know, there's there's a million things. It's like, well, once I leave, can they walk in and put it out of its misery? No. Yeah. Because of the way the law reads. Not, not according to the but law. But what kills me is. Um, you know, and I don't want to get off on other states because there's a lot of stuff going on. But like New York State doesn't allow you to do recovery with a drone. However, you can pass one additional test as a dog tracker and put the deer out of its misery at two in the morning. Hmm. They're in bow season with a firearm. Hmm. Like so, if you walk up on that deer and deem, yeah, the right thing to do is put this deer out of sure. its misery. Go for it. Hmm. But in Virginia, when I can see a deer, you know. But then I look at it a million ways. You could walk in, he could hear you, smell you, jump up. Now we've just made the situation yeah. even worse. Sure, right. you may not yeah. have even had a chance to dispatch him. It's yeah. like the, the less of both evils. So when you, when you fly, if I kill a deer, I shoot a deer at 5.30, I call you at 7.30, said my first blood was not good, found a bed, he's not in it. I look like I smoked him, everything looks great, and I'm in Carolina, where are you, where are you at? Yeah, I'm in New Kent. You're, you're in New Kent. So you're yep. sorry. I'm an hour away. If I leave right now, I'm at a, I'm at one. I'll be there at 1130 mm-hmm. p.m. Yep. Roughly. Yep. Stay out of the woods. Go watch TV. <laughs> yeah. Go play Xbox. Or yep. Go take a nap. That's go do right. something. I'll be there at 1130. I'll call you when I'm close. Yep. From then to finding the deer, you got him dead, pinned, dropped a pin. Well, I got hands on him 1145. Mm-hmm. When can I hunt again? The That's following Friday, calendar day. If so I eleven forty five PM Friday night, yeah. I can hunt Saturday morning. Yes, sir. Okay. Now okay. if you found him at twelve oh one, I can't hunt until Sunday. Property's out. Gotcha. So and I wanna I do wanna get into this in all of us. I, I share the enthusiasm with Mark, Albert, Daniel. You know, this was a very dry fall, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Okay. So as a 
very positive, up kind of guy. You like sunshine. I like sunshine. Yeah. No. Don't. Nope. I want rain <laughs> and and I want for like overcast, cold. Yeah. In a cold. dream scenario, I guess would be light it, rain. Would it be high or low barometric pressure where the temperature drops throughout the day. You could probably really find them then. Oh well, you got to remember our drones fly in the rain. Okay. So I don't I don't need like clear sky, but partly cloudy, but just you know you're fine. All yeah. That. 30, 35 mile an hour or less wind, rainy. Overcast, we're, our odds are a foggy way up. day probably not good because no. the ground temperature is high and the air temperature is low. You got it. So but that, you want the opposite. You want a crisp, clean air. Yeah, with I, a uh, cold ground. Again, one size doesn't fit all. Mm-hmm. Early season, what we experienced was seventy degree days, right? And whatever the sun's shining on, rocks, stumps, right? They're holding heat. Anything porous. Yeah. Yeah. So you're out there at eight o'clock at night, nine o'clock at night. Well. The drone is designed the way any infrared camera is to find the hottest thing, all right? Well, you're seeing every stump, but you're not seeing the rabbits early season. Again, the foliage is tough too. Yeah. But as you're going, like if I fly something north to south, a lot of times I'll come back south to north to make sure I didn't miss something because of a ball of cover Yeah. of foliage. Fly the same line. But here in eastern Virginia, we have so much water. That water is hotter than the air. Mm Mm-hmm. So now I'm dealing with that. Even when you have a big swing, like three days of 65 and then a 40-degree day, that water's still 60, 55, mm-hmm. even if it's 50. Classic example is the hot side of Lake Anna. During the winter, it was always fog over it because the air temperature is lower than the water temperature exactly. or ground temperature. And that yep. causes, you know, you <clears throat> see the, the fog more in the um, higher altitude areas out west charlottesville mm-hmm. up north loudon county anytime i ended up in those situations a flying at night was always a doozy when your ceiling's 400 feet and you're used to being in flat eastern virginia yeah. yep. but that mountain's a thousand feet tall yeah right you know what i mean you're and like you're flying in the dark. feet is not ground level sea level it is ground yeah. level ground level yeah agl okay. yep hmm. so um going okay so once you get into a constant cool so mid to late november right we get those like normal late november temps yeah all that kind of stuff then there was something really cool that happened then you get a 65 degree rainy day well the water's the coldest thing Mm -hmm. right so you see every duck you see every rabbit yeah you see i mean there's no hiding foliage is gone yeah so i had a major increase not only in success but calls appropriately enough because we're in firearm season a lot more people in the woods sure you know and it was just like boom 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 awesome so it's it's really neat once yeah. the conditions got a little more in your favor and there was more people hunting it's more it's just like the door opened up yeah that too i mean because there's that many more chances that somebody's going to call that agrees to the fee sure yeah but there's sure. also uh that's a good way to put it yeah but there's also people looking for <clears throat> Pets, cows. You know, you, you oh. had to find a cow for a guy. You yeah, know what I mean, we, yeah, it's not just uh, deer recovery. You know what I mean? It's, uh, I mean, you you can find people. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's what's yeah. great about this is that it, it's 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 kind of a year round thing for you if you think about it. it, it Maybe is. not as busy on the calls when it's not hunting season, but um, you know, you were just saying recently, you know, you found the cow for the guy, but you're also you are looking at people's properties. You're mapping them. You're also looking at, hey, wh- what's if I if I'm an owner of 600 acres, what's what's my property look like population wise after the deer season? Yeah, 100. Uh, you know. And and you guys were right. It, the the pressure. I'm gonna I want to segue into that. The calls 
for whatever reason, December 1st through December 10th really slowed down. I'm not even talking one a day. I'm talking three, four day gap. And I'm like, well, that's about what I expected. Fine. You know what I mean? I think dog hunting's, um, it's going to pick up once we get towards Christmas ish. The last two weeks, as you shared is a big tradition for Mm -hmm. a lot of folks to take the last two weeks off. But my foolish self saw an opportunity to go to South Carolina and film and locate hogs for this guy that's trying to do hog eradication. And I'm like, oh, let's do, uh, I'll come down on Friday the 5th. We'll do the 6th, 7th. I'll return home on the 8th. My entire ride down there was me missing out on a lot of money. Yeah. The entire time. I mean, it was bizarre. My buddy was seeing the phone calls. Turn back on. Yeah. And it was like, well, you have that many people in the woods squeezing out, you know, the ringing the washcloth out, you know, for the last time. But I say all that to go into what you were just speaking about. The deer herd analysis stuff, I had the best month of business I've had since I started my company 18 months ago. January was a banner month. And it came down to... And there's only six deer hunting days in January. Yeah. So this is the, the aftermath. And I missed the, the last three. <clears throat> yeah. You yeah, know what right? I mean? So yeah. the aftermath has caught on, and now it's the spike. And, and so it's people... Yep. It's it's everything. It's clubs going, all right, so we've got 2,500 acres, which is a lot. I can do comfortably without feeling like I'm counting the same deer twice because I'm locating every single one of them, building a map, um, which is super awesome. It's an interactive map through Google Earth with every pin, buck, doe, elevation, latitude, longitude. So you can can learn about your betting areas. But guys that have been trying to kill uh, the one they nicknamed Sledgehammer all year want to know if he's still living. You can find him. Exactly. Two weeks after season, he's got his antlers. Is he still here? Yeah. And and so, but that's what I'm saying. This this whole deer season was the aha moment of like, there's no one size fits all. So it was like hunting clubs. You know, they're having some issues. Our kill's way down. We don't know what the heck's going on. But we got 250 acres. Well, I'm thinking to myself, like, hopefully it's broken up so I can do this over two days or I can call in Mark. He's done a couple yeah. with me this year. You know, he can take one side of the road. I'll take the other. But they got 50 members. Mm-hmm. So even if I'm charging them $2,500 to go do all of that, then build all the maps and all that kind of stuff, yeah. that's 50 bucks a member. Yeah. They're yeah. happy to do it. They're like, we sure. just need to know what's going on. Like, did we hunt them the wrong way? You know, this guy's blaming the dogs. We're, we're blaming the farmer for shooting all the deer in the sure. summer. Sure. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Like, there's all these other things. Then you've got the diehards. Where's Sledgehammer? Yeah. You know, where's yeah. Thor? where to get You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and Did the neighbors get them? Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. And I'll tell you, it's amazing to see the look on their face. Because I'm just a shock, too, but I'm flying. So I'm emotionally involved for that day, even though I've never been to the property. I had a situation where I flew this guy's property. Amazing. I mean, literally uh, a sanctuary, 1,200 acres. Guess where all the bucks were? A mile south of where he was getting them at night on camera and his standing corn and his beans that he left and his cover crop and all that. A mile to the south on the neighbor's cutover. Mm. Just hiding out there. He he realized at that point. He was just feeding them. He kind of figured it out already. But this more drove it home because he's the hunting manager of the property, the land manager. It's not his property. But he was like, I don't have enough conducive cover to hold these deer. But yeah, light bulb. There you go. I mean, now you have information that you didn't have before. Legitimate. It's not like I think there's 80 deer out there. I know you got uh, 170 deer on this piece of property. That's what it was. And you need to move them. Your buddy's got them. You need to have something like he's got. If you block, right. go between him and your food, you'll now hold the deer. But, but then comes the fun part. We just mapped it. 
Yeah. We just flew it all, and I'm recording the entire thing, so they can, I mean, yeah, who wants to watch six hours of footage, but, <laughs> you know, I'm constantly hitting the map, so you see it up on the screen, too, so that's in the record, but then you go back to the map and go, well, what, is, what do you have? Now they're asking me, what, do I, what would you do? Yep. Well, this whole area here, looking at it, what is that? Well, that's poplar. Like, that's stuff that's not even, like, real, it's not even going to bring a dollar yep. or anything. Well, now that, we just mapped that out and measured it all. There's 47 acres in the center of the property that's really not good for any wildlife. Right. Yep. So we're not going to cut it all out of there. Now I've got a guy that I'm working with that, with a spray drone. He's going to go spray and kill everything, because otherwise all that poplar is just yep. going to be regrowth. Yep. It's going to come back. We're going to spray it and kill it, then put the cedar head on the spray drone, because you can't get equipment all mm-hmm. the way in there. And now we're going to go put CRP warm season grasses, what we yep. want there. We're going to create... He's going to make a bed in there. That's right. And it hopefully... Depending on what this guy wants to do, he'll leave that as a sanctuary. Exactly. This is land I'm not going to hunt. This is land on land that I hunt yep. that's going to stay. Yep. And it already wasn't being hunted because that's where it's there was no deer, deer sign. It. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. You're exactly, you're and taking 50 acres of nothing and yeah. taking, making 50 and, acres And, and this isn't for the guy that thinks. This guy's running over 60 wireless cameras now. Yeah. Okay. Like he knows what's going on. He's tracking these deer until they leave the property. And then he's like, where are they going? Yeah. Hmm. But it was crazy. Like if you could see... If my mind serves me, it was a 40-acre cutover. And his food plots were working. Oh, yeah. Just they weren't sleeping plots. Yeah. <laughs> they were food Especially plots. Especially once the yeah. cover went away. Yeah. Yep. Right? Once the leaf canopy went. hmm But it was like 40 acres of cutover, 36 deer Ooh. in the cutover, but like six of the shooter bucks. That he that that were he was but, claiming as his deer because they were in his food exactly yeah. would it would it would it be feasible or would it be good for him to do the same thing you did for him in January do it again in September before season starts just to see if there is a difference preseason versus postseason or depending on depending on what he has I That's flew a lot yeah get the August flight compared to the January yeah. flight yeah hundred percent because it's coming up mm-hmm. all right so. Now, obviously, it's hard. It's tougher to see at that time Canopy. of year. Yeah, right. But if you're a guy with a lot of cutover and all that kind of stuff, I flew a ton of stuff in September, August, um, on rainy days because they stick out. And what's even cooler at that time of the year is their velvet. Yeah, it's oh, got yeah. blood in it. Yeah. Yep. Oh yeah. So, you see the whole deer exactly. And you get a pretty good, pretty good read on the antler size. Yeah, you yeah. got it. Yep. Um, what kind? Of, how much cutover? Ten foot or smaller, or deer height or shorter? Yeah, and that's the other thing. Um, I know we're bouncing around and we could talk about this for days, but you know, a lot of times when people were calling me to come find their deer, even with the foliage off, I'm asking them like, where'd the deer go into cut over? I immediately was just like high five in my pug. Cause that's, that's awesome. Yeah. I know. I, I, got I him, my yeah. confidence yeah. goes way up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but that's relatively clear cut. Then I ask yeah. my next how question, how old is it? And was it replanted? <laughs> yeah. You yeah. know? Yeah. 10 years ago. Mm. Have you so have you, have you, have you gone into those cut o- that yeah. cut over at all? And they're like, yeah, a little bit. I'm like, if you, can you? Are you? I'm there now. I'm like, look up. Can you see the sky? Not really. Nope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, then that means that my plane can't see down. That's right. Yeah. And so, so, and I, I started on this, and I apologize for kind of reverbing uh, or going backwards on this, but that's all right. One of the one things that I wanted to talk about was how dry the fall was. We were basically forced to do most of our recoveries in the evening time. Now, if you just shot a buck at 8 o'clock in the morning and you called me up in the sunshine and there's not a cloud in the sky, mm-hmm. I, I'm not your. This is not the method at noon. And this is second week of October where it doesn't get dark till 730. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to come out there until 8 o'clock. Sure. Let the night air come in. Let it get dark. Exactly. Yep. Well, 
to your point, you could you could go the very next day and you'd still be in good shape because absolutely because yeah. you know if you said it on previous podcasts. Um, you know these 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 deer whether they're if they're you know they're dead they're laying somewhere they're going to hold that heat for a couple days yeah at least you know and from an education standpoint too just because you shot him at 5 30 in the intestine in the stomach doesn't mean he died at 5 31 yeah, right like that deer might have lived for 24 hours so really mm-hmm. the clock starts the following day at 5 30 mm-hmm. as far as keeping warm okay. but i had very very high success all of us did mark included um two three days I had one 72 hours after the shot, and that thing was on fire. Hmm. Really? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So he may not have. He might have made it another two days before he finally gave out. You never know. He just yeah. held, just no. body held the heat. But th- it all comes down to like, there's so many variables. Okay, I wasn't there for the shot. I'm going off of what you say. You know, it starts out in the woods, and like, man, he's like a 160. I got to find this deer. He's 26 inches wide. Then they get back to the truck, then they call me back, and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and go with you. I'm like, man, I was like, that sounds like a big, and I'm gonna say he's at least 24 inches. So he's starting to drop already down to reality. Sure, you know what I mean. Which is actually a good thing for all of us because sure. the guys are like, yeah, you know what yeah. I mean. Like that's he's why I joke. Off the ledge a little bit. That's why I joke yeah. and say I got to be the quarterback when I get there. <laughs> um, but you know, you you there's just no bottom line. If you shoot a deer and you get down and you start pursuing the blood trail and it is not increasing, you're better off backing out. That deer means enough to you. Call for the drone. Yep. I'm, I have nothing bad to say about dogs. There's some awesome dogs in the area. Some of those guys reached out to me. I caught a lot of flack on social media. Like the dog's more the traditional way. This is. So that's this, in my notes. I'm glad you hit oh that. Oh boy. <laughs> as a, I don't want to misquote myself. As a houndsman, I have, and most people do have a special relationship with dogs. Of course. Whether they're gun dogs or they're pet dogs or they're, or, you know, your neighbor's dog that you hate. Everybody's got a good relationship with dogs. Right. A dog cannot do what a drone can do. And a drone cannot do what a dog can do. They are two separate entities. I don't think it should be a me and only me or you and only you. It can be both. There's a world that can live in harmony. I agree. I don't think a dog can see infrared from 400 feet in the air. And I don't think a drone can smell a deer. So there are certainly pros, cons. You don't have that that relationship with the drone like you do with the dog. You don't feed them all year. You don't you know you don't have a picture of the drone. You're not holding you know you're not petting the drone when a guy's holding a deer. It's a little different relationship. One thing too is, but there's a whole lot more technology and advancement in that. That dog doesn't well. know if that deer's dead yet. That's what I was. That's getting the at. kicker. The dog could go bite him in the ass and he run 900 yeah. yards, and Th- then yeah. you lose him. That's and but the real kicker is yep. like if you can see it it's with the, the drone, you can see if it's dead or alive. Correct. We're not going to make them deader. Correct. Yeah. So I, I, I love again. I, I hunted with dogs my entire life. Sure. I, I've hoped to do that until my grandkids, you know, could decide to quit hunting. Of course. But it, there's just such an obvious, a, a noticeable gap. I don't want to say obvious gap because I don't want to put down any houndsmen either. I, I certainly no. I, I sympathize. I, with I respect them. the crap out Correct. of them, and, and I've referred them. Two different worlds. Yeah, and I've yep. referred them, but this is the order that's happening right now. That I and again, you know, everybody's like, well, "Of course you do. You've charged for your service." I'd rather, before you call all your buddies, if the deer means enough to you, first step is call the drone because that's going to really reveal what's there and what's not. Sure. Again, just like hunting a piece of property you've never been to, it's easy to take the map and scribble out the red of the water because there's no deer there. Yep. It's easy to scribble out the roads because there's no deer there. Yep. So eliminate what what you know. Yep. Is what I'm getting at. Use the drone first. That's when I'm going to say, gosh, there's a lot of cover right here. I feel like I saw a thermal, but I can't get my zoom lens through there. I can't get my spotlight through there. 
you need to call a dog. Nobody's been there to spread scent all over to hurt that dog. Nobody's jumped that deer yet. What time did you shoot the deer? 8 8 a.m. Okay, it's 8 p.m. I would see if you get a dog lined up for 8 a.m. tomorrow. I don't see many living past 24 hours. That's my recommendation. And I have no problem sharing the hap. Sure. I'm telling you. I actually tried to talk my wife into letting me get a Jack Russell and send him off immediately for training. (laughs) So I'd have him in the truck. I even named him. A little backup. I had him named. That's right. So I get there. I'm like the one size fits all sure that never is right deer recovery yeah (laughs) Yeah, that's right and and so i i just i understand it and i get it but well you'd be able to train them in a year with the deer that you find that you know are dead and say all right fluffy let's go get them exactly yep yep his name was rocco okay (laughs) (laughs) he was he was a jack russell yeah, I don't know. We got don't two dogs now. Yet. My yeah. wife is already like, "Look at the hair in this house." Yeah. <laughs> but it's you know, it's such a, it, it's a, it, it, arguments old as time. It could be the bow hunter versus the gun hunter. It could be the the dog guy versus the drone guy. It could be anybody. If we're all in the game to get the game is being a sportsman. If we're all in the game, we have this plenty of market for both of you. Absolutely. And, and would lead to my next question, and I don't I ask this because I don't know this. Do you know what the average dog guy costs, roughly? Well, so and you know what your cost. From are. what I understand, from um, is it nose to the ground? Yep. Is a donation based only, like okay. you can tip. You're not allowed to charge to be in that in that group. Okay. However, there's an app out now called Tracker. Um, I don't know if you saw this. T R A K R. Um, it's an app that is not only recording all stats. It's recommending dogs like a, almost like an Uber. Like you, if you want to go out, your lights on. And you have like one dollar wow. sign, two dollar sign, depending cool. on what you charge, what your success rate is, mm. how far your average deer ran. Wow. You can go into this thing by broadhead, by caliber, by elevation, and, and it gives you stats. So it's like, where do you think you hit the deer? G four, <laughs> and it's and the, and the percentage moves. Wow, were you elevated? Yes or no? Yes. Okay, because that was a little high. Jump up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Now it's like, how far was the shot? 20, 25, 30, 35, 40, 25. It go up or down. Yeah. The percentage go yeah, up or down. Because oh, okay. they're, they're pooling from 400 dogs. This yeah. year it was dogs only. Oh, so they log all that They're using that they data. Make a recovery. Yeah. It's Across like a calc- everybody. It's like yeah. a calculator. It's all AI you. that's Whoa. tracking all these stats. So now I'm in conversation with them about becoming kind of the guy that's helping head up the drone operators. Who's certified? Who's licensed? Who's done this? How many searches have you been on? It would be like an Uber type. So now you're able to go to one app and decide to pick your poison or start filling it out and the drone goes up or the dog goes up. Mm. And it's not going to be biased towards one or the other. It's just this is a fact. Based off info. So I would imagine, and I'm speculate, the guy with the dog, you got to pay mileage and $50 an hour. Maybe I, you know, I don't know. So yeah. say he's about three hundred bucks. Sure, you know, to find the deer, which is awesome. You find your deer, three hundred dollars well spent. You'll spend more than that twice that as tax dollars. Sure, um, or in antidepressants if you don't find them. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so say he's around about two to four hundred. Mm-hmm. What is your average recovery price? And I know that's a big question. It, no, it's not. It's not right inside of sixty minutes. Meaning, and and I gotta love living in New Kent because I have like. In three minutes, I'm on, minutes from a lot of places. I'm on I-658 to 62. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, can anybody shoot a deer local? Correct. Like, what yeah. is going can on here? Because once you get into the heat of the season, oh, yeah, once yeah. you get into the heat of the season, you're in Lancaster. Your next call is uh, Southampton. I don't know if you know about this with the bodies of water. There's just no good way to get there. No. no. You know what I mean? Like, you so you got a straight line. Speaking of that, you recovered 
one of the biggest deer of the year in Southampton, didn't you? I did. Yeah, that was a Mickey Bracey's one seventy two. Gosh, one hundred nine, one hundred seventy two inch nine point. That was an unbelievably stud buck. I oh, mean, fifteen and six eighths. Fifteen. And you found and him the day after. Is that right? Day after. Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> Mickey. Sorry, I didn't mean to change the. Uh, no, side. Mickey shot him in a field, and he headed towards a big swamp where he'd actually shot at this deer and missed it previous but okay. this was a famous deer down in ivor mm. um i bet and yeah 170 <laughs> inch a boone and crockett typical nine yeah it's just insane man i've never even seen one of them in kansas that thing was massive and yeah I, and then the deer weighed a fair amount too from what I understood right yeah he was he was a good sized yeah. deer but the, the the real takeaway from that was mickey was like he shot and missed the deer he got he got a phone call that the deer was in the field with a doe late season yearling yeah. doe she doesn't yeah. know what's going on yeah and he's a slave to her yeah so he's just like can you please like get back in the woods yeah. like this is not typical for this me this is not good right. for me you yeah. know what i mean so <laughs> mickey, shouldn't, i shouldn't be out here this is yeah. not good mickey for my goes, health yeah. mickey goes and does this stalk he won't mind me talking about it and he shoots at it and they and he misses it and they go running into the woods mm. well mickey's over there kicking himself next thing you know here comes that yearling doe again just ignorant doesn't understand what's going on sure. walks right back out twice as close with the buck right behind her boom Ooh. but he hits it back and he calls his taxidermist and he's like oh my gosh you know this is this is terrible like blah blah blah, blah. and he's like get out we're calling the guy with the drone yeah again all the everything was perfect it's been cold the water was cold with all that swamp around there um no foliage we went back five minutes mm five minutes i went right as it was turning daylight i yep. was there flew the drone up to whatever it was 350 feet took off an infrared found a small buck found a doe i'm like all right everything's looking good and then you could just see the outline right at the tip of the land cool yeah it was bad Dang, it was awesome yeah that mm. one's getting featured all through buck masters yeah, and it's, it's all over the place he's right. won like every big buck contest yeah. around yeah, here he's a giant yeah that he's was an a, absolute giant that was a that was a really nice buck man yep mm. but get back to it before before we Forget your average price within an hour. Four twenty-five, as yeah. long as it's yeah. Like I said, within an hour. Um, and I base that because by the time we talk on the phone, I get loaded up, I leave, I get there. You know, even if we find it in five minutes, we're there. I'm I'm there a minimum of an hour because I got. Sure. I'm gonna try to go with you and film the recovery. Mm -hmm. You know, build some right. cool content. I do my best to shoot some nice photos for you while I'm there, and then I'm gone. Yeah. Now, once I get past that sixty minutes, um. I either try to throw it to Mark if it's over towards Madison County. You know, I ended up, there was like quite a few nights I ended up down in like Blackstone, you know, uh, Southampton County. Yep. You know, there's just nothing short about it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I'm like, jeez, you know, I got, I got it for fuel for, sure. I absolutely destroyed my truck this year. I mean, this thing's barely two years <laughs> old, 80 down. some thousand miles Ooh. on it. You know what I mean? And cause you're just going, you're sure. every day, all night. Absolutely. You know what I mean? And so to do this, you have to A, be self-employed, most importantly, have an understanding wife. But I mean, you can't believe how many times I was coming in Well, she was getting up to make a bottle Yeah, and yeah. I'm dead. She's like, good morning. She's you know, I'm like, good night, good yeah. night. <laughs> you know, like, I'm yeah. out. <laughs> That's cool, man. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a tremendous life. Okay. It's, it's everything I love helping others, deer hunting, big deer, you know, you get to be a part of it. And, you know, I started off on the customer side of service of the hunting industry. I started off as a guide. I got a lot of, a lot of, uh, joy out of that. And then as I got into the hunting industry, the filming, you know, even when things weren't going my way as a young adult and you're looking at like gosh, you know, I got, you got the pressure. You need to get a real job. You need yeah. benefits. You need all these things. You know, I couldn't help, but when I was doing another job 
and not to say there's anything wrong with these other jobs just for me you know i couldn't help but daydream about like gosh everybody want you know some people went to college for this some people do this i got all my experience in the deer hunting side of things not that i get it right every time sure. but that's where i'm most comfortable that's, that's where you've got your life experience in your work experience exactly yeah you know what imagine. i mean yeah there's yeah. nothing in the woods that can really throw me off yeah, where i'm just like never seen, seen this before yeah. you know what i'm saying that comes up but it can only be so much of a shock when you've got how old are you I'm 36, but I've been doing this since. And you've got 30 years experience. Exactly. Being in the woods. Exactly. Yep. Whether whether and you got and over 20 of that is pretty much being an adult. So, so this was the good Lord's gift back to me to get me where a I can make a living for, to support my family, sure. but I can be doing something I absolutely love. Yeah. Now, how does it interfere with your hunting time? Or do you tremendously have, or do you try to? Yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> but do you block off? You say I don't. I don't care if Donald Trump calls me. I'm not picking the phone up for the next two days. No, you can't do that because you're. You, as soon as you do that, you become unaccountable. Um, and there'll be. There, I'll have to put some things in place. You know, I. I. I'm not. I don't want to share my future expansion goals, but because um, I don't have it all figured out yet. Well, you need a squadron. I, yeah. Drones. Yeah, you need you a fleet. I mean? Yeah, you can I, get them every fifty nine minutes. You, you show me, yeah. <laughs> you give me an eighteen, nineteen year old that says I want to learn to film, edit, fly drones, and I love deer hunting. Yeah, I'll make something out of them, and I, and I, and I won't crash. Please have them call me, and I won't yeah. crash your twenty thousand dollar drone. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, because someone, and that's a good point it, to, on both ends. Because you got a a twenty year old guy, he's like, man, I, I'm single, love to hunt, uh, I hate every job I ever had. All I want to do is be around deer hunting. Yep. Or, or be around the outdoors. I want to look for loose cows. I want to find mittens when she gets stuck in a tree. I want to, This is yeah, stuff I yeah. want to do. He can't afford a $20,000 drone. But a guy who has a company, a drone company, can help him, whether it's uh, you co-op it, you lease it to him, you work with the, the brands. It's yeah. like, we will get you started. And, 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 you got to mm-hmm. show me the promise. Yeah, and yeah. another thing is, is being able to market the content. I yeah. mean, that's where the next, when the calls slow down and I put a video out, the calls ramp right back up. Yep. It was that easy. I, I had a really good... Um, and your name is synonymous with the drone guy. Drone well, guy, John yeah. Updike. And you got to... You gotta, crisp name Judd Updike yeah it, 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 it flows well yeah I appreciate it who should I call call Judd who Judd yeah, Updike yeah, yeah. yeah that was the other that, that was the other thing yeah, yeah. And, and like I said I can't say enough about the people in Virginia that were just like they believed in it they sure. saw it they liked it you know and they were just like call this guy sure you know no different than uh, Donnie Briggs when Mickey shot his deer I'd never met Donnie I'd heard of him and he had heard of you you know well That's just because yeah. of word of mouth and right. friends you know and people in circulation so you know it's going back to the 20 year old everything's all about risk right and what sure. you're willing to put into it i'm a little riskier of a human being than probably most people are comfortable with you know i get in the truck and drive 23 hours just to put new batteries and trail cameras in kansas just to turn around and drive back that's dedication it's yeah, you know you what I mean? something to talk about, though. Yeah, well, yeah. fun. It, yeah, it, it didn't calls. feel fun. Yeah, you handle a lot of phone calls. It wasn't just, you know, but, but I, you know, I have some of the same parallel. I get in the car and go anywhere 10, 12 hours. Yeah. It's care. definitely gotten harder as I've go. gotten older. But what I'm, I guess what I'm getting at is, like, I'm not ready to hire somebody yet for that. But I am actively, this can be a job posting interview, too. I am actively <laughs> I like looking the, for I like somebody. Plug, uh, job opening. Yeah, I, yeah, job opening. Um, no, I'm. I am looking for that person because I have been very, very fortunate with my media company. Forget Jarvis for a minute, even though they play hand in hand. You know, I'm doing a lot of videos. I'm doing all kinds of work with the uh, New Kent County all, all through it. I mean, I'm working with the sheriff's department, school district. I'm doing offshore boat videos. I'm doing. I've got Langley. I've got NASCAR stuff coming up. I have a lot of work like that. 
what I really desire is to get somebody up to speed. And I understand what that comes with. Yeah. You know, I could go get 10 listings for real estate a month at a fair price. I could teach somebody that repetition work, you know, where they could sit yep. down. They do the same thing every day where I critique it and fix it. Yeah. And then yep. after a while, you know, like shout out to my buddy, Cody Britton, that came from uh, Alaska and Montana and came uh, to me in October. He ran, ran with me for 20 days as my cameraman yeah, slash cool. driver yeah. so I could sleep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But Cody, you know, Cody, I started Cody when Cody was 19. He, I mean, Cody didn't know what he was doing. Yeah. You know, we were just friends um, back north. And so Cody's here. Well, Cody's sitting right next to me with a laptop, rough editing projects. My This job's done. I start a new project, switch seats, and I see what he's done, and I can put my touches on it, clean mm -hmm. it up, boom, Dropbox, out it goes. Because we had a whole night of deer recovery coming up. Yeah. So that was yeah. awesome. Yep. Of course, he's got a little sweetie, you know, so he ain't going to stay with me forever. Sure. Right, right. You know, so, but somebody local could actually have the time of their life. Cool. Yeah. That, that yep. has a desire to do video work, uh, marketing, uh, everything, content, whatever it yep. is, you know, come up with uh, the next coolest content. way to make yeah. a grill cleaner look awesome. That's right. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? I, I have so many different things going on. I mean, my notebook, my calendar, everything looks like, you know, I'm definitely far from Einstein, but I got to imagine our handwriting and my desk is organized similar. like yeah. his was. Yeah. It's on there somewhere. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Real quick, when you, you hit on your price, um, that's a good thing that you're running in the, the January, February, probably into March project looking for your herd assessment. Deer analysis, is that what you call it? Yeah. What is that? Is that price per acre? Or is price that, per acre location. Uh, I know about how much time it's going to take. I can look at your property from Google Earth, Onyx, multiple different ways and realize, you know, like, okay, there's a lot of pines. I got to mm -hmm. fly a lot slower. I got to take my time yeah. in this section. You know, if it's a bunch of cutover, you tell me it's 1,200 acres, but then I go through and select and you had 600 acres in uh, crop. I don't need to search. I can look across that one time sure, and I'll see it. Scan. Even if it's a mile yeah. away, I'll see it. <clears throat> yep. So, you know, like I don't really focus on the field. I try to cut it out. I'm very, I try to be very cost effective. And you that know, price goes all up down, depending on the cover. Exactly. The agriculture. I've that's had them a, all the way from Loudoun County, all the way to Southampton. That's something that a, a guy like we brought up, the guy we know who you did his farm. Man, that's a serious information for those guys because they're serious hunters. Well, you and take it side by side. Property. Yeah, take take two farms side by side that are the same size. We know both people. Um, again, privacy privacy to uh, the landowners. Literally within twenty acres of the same size property, one had twenty seven deer, one had ninety deer. Yep. One that one with ninety had six unidentified. Uh, sex, but 35 racked bucks. And this was last week. That's a great ratio mm -hmm. to have. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that's, roughly two to one. Well, he looks at you now, like, what do you recommend? I'm like, don't stop doing what you, you're doing. And you look at antlered versus antlered list, so you have to use some imagination on the button bucks that are in there too. Well, the the cool thing about it is you're a hunter. You're a hunter. You guys know this. Huh. Again, that's a topic you have your own podcast about, but a single doe batted by itself, 99 times out of 100 is what? Right, a yeah. button buck. Yeah, so you're kind of. I'm. I'm. I'm trying to vocalize that while we're flying. Mm -hmm. So the ones that I'm flying, where it's the same amount of acreage, 600 acres, and you've got 27 deer. You know, they're like, "What do you think?" I'm like, "I don't think you have enough cover. I don't think you have enough food. You got topo here. You can, right. you yeah. can take it. You can take <laughs> yeah. advantage of sure. of creating more cover here, more food here. I'd be more than happy to help you design this. Yeah. So now that's started. Yeah. Like I need one more thing to yeah. do. Right. Land so working yeah. with foresters and getting some stuff lined up. That's yeah. awesome. That's yeah, great. so it's it's like I said, it's it's that's great information for somebody. Somebody oh. hunts a, a dedicated piece of property between 
fifty and uh, fifteen hundred acres. Well, now it's real estate. This is knowledge we have and power we have as the hunter. And we do this survey next year. We'll know. We started with ninety three. We ended with one hundred four. So mm-hmm. we we killed our eighteen deer and we picked up twenty deer. Yeah, you know, oh, yeah. The, the bedding area got better. Or man, we maybe we didn't have as many fawns as we did, and we hit the bucks kind of hard. You know, now we're at a ninety three average. Now we're sitting along eighty two average. Mm-hmm. Well, let's yeah. check it the third year, see if we had a high year or a low year or an average. That's right. Yep. Now take those same two farms we just discussed. Add one more factor to it. Imagine if they were both for sale on the market, and you're a buyer and that finally came into the money and, and they're the same knowledge. price. Yep. Yeah. Well, you're better off having me go fly the property or the listing agent say, sure. hey, seller, you got a lot of deer on the property? Heck yeah, I got a ton. Do you mind proving it? Sure. Because I'll tell you what, this will really help on the listing. That same million call. dollars or, or I'm is going to go well. Property. Can you, in your closing costs, can you do a deer analysis? Yeah. Yep. 100%. Because if, you're gonna, I mean, really, cause if I'm a buyer yeah. ready to go and I've got that data to look at, what farm do you acres, think I'm buying? Correct. Because yeah. well, 100 well, acres does not mean 20 deer. Uh-uh. There's no direct correlation. No, so, but, you, you but gotta, a thousand acres doesn't mean two hundred deer. Correct. Yeah. So I right. mean, you really have to look at you it could for have on eighty a, on both. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> or your like strategy. your guy you just described, you could have all the deer you want during at twelve p.m. over here, but at twelve or twelve a.m. at twelve p.m. they're all over here. That's right. Yeah. Yep. And, and you know, your you may learn that your strategy as a club or as mm-hmm. a group as that's hunting. You've had it all wrong. Sure. You know, you just think, man, we've been hunting this place all wrong the deer from the get go. Come from the swamp. Well, you know. Maybe not. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, right. Maybe they do when it's a certain temperature, certain uh, pressure, yeah. right. but the, the majority of your herd lives in this area. Yeah. 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 All the information you can get, the better. I mean, sure. it's like, it's, that's why we spend the money on uh, trail cameras and, mm-hmm. and gear and all that stuff. Why, you know, and if you're, I mean, you're paying dues to a club, club to a hunt club. Yeah. Fuel to drive you an hour and back why, and forth. Yeah. Why would you not spend a little extra money for your members to gain more information mm-hmm. on figuring out, all right, what do we what do we Especially what a 1,000 acre, 20 club lease oh, or 20 uh, guy lease yeah. you're like man this is we'll chop it up it'll be like 45 50 bucks a piece yeah, we're yeah. all going to benefit from it and then we're going to make a decision as a group with based on fact not based on I think Sledgehammer got away. Yeah, and what used to be, because your neighbors are constantly, the landscape changes around here. I'm not from here. Right. I'm from upstate New York. We don't clear cut. We don't cut over anything. Yeah. So, like, the old good old spot 30 years ago still is good today. Oh, there's eight timber companies between here and Fredericksburg. Right. Yeah, we're cutting it all. Like, if you're not not changing the the landscape with taking pines off and, you know, new cut over and different crop rotation, your neighbor is. Somebody So, like, down here, stuff's always being moved around. So, this is... And you look at it like a five-year average, seven-year average, just like the way people farm. You have good years, bad years. But if you take the the median and you say, this is a 400-acre... 85 deer farm, mm-hmm. roughly. Sometimes 110, sometimes a 64. We're always going to try to shoot a sustainable number mm-hmm. off this lease. You know, whether that's Johnny didn't get a buck this year, well, we're going to shoot five bucks off his property. Yep. If he shoots a big one in the first four, more power to him. When we yeah. talked about this earlier, every doe that's pregnant is going to drop normally two fawns. Correct. Well, that button buck can't stick around. Nope. Because he's got mom there, he's got I mean, his sisters there. Strategies on how to keep your button bucks. I don't know if you're you're enlightened on some of those. A lot oh, yeah. of guys, I've been told a bunch of different ways. You shoot the doe, that way the buck doesn't breed her, because they don't want you don't want to inbred herd. And mm-hmm. that's what that's what this old old guy has told everybody for fifty years. Shoot mm-hmm. all the big does you can. That way the little bucks don't breed them back. Maybe he's right. Maybe he's not. I don't yeah. know. Yeah, and there's the claim. You know, there's the claim that it's actually the does that throw the big buck genetic. That's what I've heard more of so, in the last couple yeah. of years. Yeah. So they're throwing the best genetics. Yeah. The, the 
um, you in five years you've killed five one forty plus bucks. Right. That's coming it, at a minimum half from the does, half from the bucks. Maybe the dominant genes in the doe. Maybe, and I've heard this more recent too. The doe runs off the buck when it's when she's in her cycle. She'll run off her year and a half year old buck because she don't want to get bred by him. Sure. So he now has a new bedding area, and he turns into Simba, and he or he turns into Mufasa. He turns into a giant in four years, but yeah. he moved eight hundred yards he's, yeah, he's or two miles property. because he got kicked off of the Napier property, the Brooks property, the Updike property. Now he's at uh, Greentop, you know, lease that yeah. nobody hunts, or he lives in Maymont now because he got bumped along because yeah. the doe ran him off. Yeah. So I mean, you know, who, damn if you do, damn if you don't on all of them. Yeah. As long as you have a method or a theory. Yep. That twelve hundred acres where the bucks were leaving, that whole deer herd analysis, including the neighbors, just small little cutover, was one hundred and seventy six deer. And the guy's like, "Well, we shot forty doe off the property." I'm like, I mean, back off them a little bit." No, like you hammer down. Well, well, you, all the does that made it are going to drop two fawns. That's true. Your numbers are going to be true. right back where they were to start of the season, plus or minus two percent September first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's a good point. You got to stay on the does. Yeah. If you want genetic, well, you can't alter genetics, but you can alter herd stress. You can mm-hmm. alter food availability. Correct. You can do all of that by reducing it. You know, I tell people, I had some people cancel me on deer herd analysis. You know, their bucks were shed out mid January. Well, what do we know about when they shed? That's all driven by testosterone. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So a hard rut, lack of food, herd stress, got crippled with buckshot these are all things that can all play into it but i can tell you almost nine times out of ten it actually has to do with rut stress herd stress right right so his testosterone's down he's just like what you know how i felt the last day of season yeah exactly it's like whatever you know what i mean so (laughs) that's cool it's it's all it's 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 all good information to the to the Average to above average deer hunter. The, yeah. the guy who's going to go four days a year, he, I don't, he doesn't know. He doesn't need to know. Maybe it's not important to him. But for a club that has $1,000 dues or $4,000 dues and they have a 150 rule, yeah. you could be paying two grand to shoot 150s for no reason. Yep. You may not have any 150 genes or you don't have the right doe to buck structure. Yeah, yep. 100%. You're right. Yeah, It's interesting. I, I saw it the other night, which made me think of it. From my driveway, it hit the field in front of my house which is roughly 15 acres is what I could hit. It was 17 sets of eyes looking at me. Yeah. 14 together, three in the back. Mm-hmm. Don't know whose bucks, whose does. I, they're I big and small. They're all, yeah, I <laughs> they're all shapes and sizes. And this is a field that I had already – I killed 140-inch deer out of this year. Okay. I know there's at least one more. Um, so 17 sets of eyes. I never moved the truck. I could see, seven, I could see uh, 34 eyes. And I said, man, I wonder if that's all of them or if that's 5% of them. Yeah. And that's something that your herd analysis would give out because we're kind of old school. We're no trail cameras. We don't, we ride around in the summer and we look for bucks and we sure. binoculars. We do that's whatever. what I'm saying. Like the but drone, I don't know if I'm seeing them all or I'm seeing 10%. Well, there's this guy know? named Judd Upside. That's what I heard. Yeah. He's, he's I'm, got I'm this your plane. guy. <laughs> yeah. He's got this cool yeah. crop spray I'm or doing, something. I'll, comes I'll, by and gets I'll, tell you, I'll tell you this. This is a really uh, interesting one for um, just food for thought. Don't do it for free, Judd. I know you're no, running no. the Don't come over and do it for free. I appreciate that. Stop. I'm cutting it off. So, right now. <laughs> half the properties that I did deer herd analysis on, which were a bunch, because as soon as I got back from South Carolina and season was closed, Game any overcast on. rainy day, I'm like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. Um, half the properties, uh, I'm somehow involved in what the new construction, what the new development of that property has going on right cool. now. So, you know, whether it's just, you know, they're desperate. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, but it's not I, just a way for you to make money. It's a way for you to help the hunter and and 
and what, hopefully change the landscape. Well, I saw what they saw from my point of view. Mm-hmm. You get too close to something, just like me running my business. I ask a lot of people that aren't even in media. You know, when I have questions about my business or what things look like, because you get too close to something, Mm -hmm. you become blinded by it. Yeah. You know what I mean? If you hadn't changed your underwear in four days, you don't smell that you smell bad, but everybody walks (laughs) by you does. That's right. No, but you know, I mean, you you obsess about it though, too. I do. It's 12 months for me. You know, and then the guys that obsess about that critical time of the year that's that they look forward to every year, they spend a lot of their time, money and resources and into is... You know what? I, I really want to know what Correct. I'm looking forward to next year. And there's a whole lot of opportunity know? they didn't take in the nine months of downtime. Yeah, you know, yep. they didn't do a deer survey. They didn't buy new trail cameras. They didn't. You know, maybe I should have. They go out turkey hunting. They find a deadhead yeah. from this hunting season. Like, damn, I should have. Yeah, I really should have stayed. Well, on you know that buck. I, what I was thinking about, Judd, is you know, and and you'd have to do this at a piece of property where you couldn't really you couldn't hunt it, you know, f- for a certain time period is to monitor it during the rut just oh, to yeah. see how much activity this like and how the herd this property or changes and moves day to day yeah how much movement you get and i wonder if you i mean you can't track these deer but i'm just curious to know like or just just to look from above at, at nighttime or whatever how much activity is going on yeah. when you know the rut is in i mean it'd on be really november interesting 8th. to say yeah. I mean, obviously oh, yeah. it's cold night november 8th you yeah. couldn't hunt it you know for 24 48 hours or whatever mm-hmm. but it'd next be, day yeah. it'd be really interesting to see what what really goes on you know that's it's yeah and, and, you, you know you want to come over on november 7th and fly it around <laughs> until 11:50 yeah. you tell me what happens I'll, I'll report back i'll have a very uh, <laughs> yeah. very well crafted waiver for you to sign yeah. sir <laughs> <laughs> You'll get to enjoy hunting again in That's December. Right. Be like buying a house. Signatures everywhere. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's really interesting, and you kind of touched on it with like how much um you could have done in the in the off season. Right. Some of the biggest big buck killers I know in the state of Virginia don't own property. Yeah, you know Jared Bass. You know if you know that name down in um Surrey uh, County, that area. Jared's killed some absolute studs for the young man that he is. But it's, sometimes it's the smallest improvement hinge cutting something mm-hmm. yeah. creating a wall or something i don't want them to be able to go over there cut this poplar gro- grove down crossing. make them have to yep. you know yeah. sometimes that the, the littlest thing is the yep. thing you need to do in your favor and i'll and i'll leave it, you guys with this based on saying that especially me in my life where i'm at with four children three three and under that's still going on yeah. <laughs> um you know i feel that i have less time than i've ever had to do the stuff i uh um was hobby wise yeah. want to do because deer hunting do, yeah. no longer is profitable for me like it's not i don't film no, hunts anymore i don't edit anymore it's for getting hunting away from a hobby and turn it to a business right too. right and now we're back but it's a better version of it mm-hmm. you know i'm not on the road riding around out of a suitcase you know sure. as a cameraman um and then trying to edit and deal with an ever-changing hunting industry this is way more focused which way more stable mm-hmm. which is what i need in my life right now with my family true and everybody's in that position right now inflation all the other things going on if you do anything the data and the time i can save you can make the difference really? between your entire season yep. yeah and you go into the woods with confidence, it's a way better experience. 100%. Sure. You know, yeah. just like Jesse Moorhead used to shoot before we went in with his bow every time because he had muzzies, he could change the blades out and put new blades in. Sure. Oh, why do you do that, Jess? You're one of the best, most accomplished archers on the planet. He goes, because I'm sitting in that tree knowing I, know. I just fired that bow at 30 yeah. yards and I hit it in the axe. Yeah, that big like, buck's come running in, he's in trouble. I'm not like, a diehard bow hunter. I shoot mine every morning before I go hunting. 
Shoot three arrows. Okay. Yep. Every single time. Yeah. So, I, I want to know but that, that confidence. it just worked. So this Correct. plays it into that happened. confidence. Like, yep. we've done a good job. You know, Sledgehammer's back this year. And boy, did he put on some size. Now let's yeah. keep him. Let's keep Correct. him. Correct. Let's so get him enough. Did, is this new cut, he's in our new cutover. You know that now. Yeah. He's, you know, he's regular in that new food source. And I don't like putting food sources next to bedding areas. A whole nother conversation. But, you know, I definitely don't need him moving a mile. Sure. Well, we can hunt corner to corner of our property. You know, we'll spread them out a couple hundred yards. Yeah. Let's move them along. Yeah, because you do need to kill them in daylight. Yeah. yeah, and they need to move. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I need them to do I, and Where do I want to shoot them? Out to bed, cruising, or on the food? I'd take them cruising every time. If you can make them cruise. If you can, like yeah. you, like the guy you talked about, if you can create a funnel and say, I'm going I'm to pull this down to one of three 50-yard guesses. That's right. And I'm going to play to win on the on which one it's going to be. Anytime you can color in the map and see, I know he's not here. It, being, I was just—it's not where he is; it's where he isn't. That's right. Yeah, yeah, and that'll get you closer and closer. And yep. Lastly, when you are going out for your recoveries, what you see in the—I'm sure everybody's got a good story. He's 26 inches wide. You know, he's a 160 easy. What do you hear? Well, oh, he tucked his tail before he ran into woods. His I, tail was up. No, no, the most. I don't know if one. you've ever heard any <laughs> any any sort of legitimacy in he that. Kicked I, he, he kicked his legs. He kicked. I love that his tail was tucked. That's a good sign. To me, it's a good sign, but I don't live and die by tuck tail. Well, first of all, I'm not there in a lot of hunts, and people aren't filming their hunts every time they call me either for me to look at the footage and see what I saw. But the the one telltale sign, um, well, I don't even want to get into that part of it. But (laughs) the one thing I'll say that the number one call was I shot him right behind the shoulder, but I've blood trailed him for 300 yards, and I've jumped him twice. He didn't shoot him in the goodies. He was behind the shoulder. But people don't realize, anybody listening to this that wants a fun little quick task, pull up the anatomy of the organs of a deer and tell me what's behind the heart, what's right behind the heart. The lungs don't extend all the way down. The liver liver and kidneys are right there. The liver and the stomach. Okay. But this liver is a sliver. Right. If you're trying to punch the liver. Two inches behind the heart, Mm -hmm. you're in the stomach. That's the difference between 10 seconds death and up to 24-hour death. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of people think they get shot in the stomach, it's because they die because they can't process food. No. It's sepsis, Correct. which is infection. Correct. Yeah, which is yeah. up to 24 hours in most cases. So I used to... I don't. How long have you been in Virginia? This will be my ninth year. I don't know if they were having that at the time. When I was a kid, you could go to the hunting show, and they had the, the live footage of the deer. And when you shot it with the you know the little laser gun, it stopped and it showed you the vitals on where yeah. you hit it, where the deer was going. That was always really cool. Sure, yeah. And I mean, as grown men, as sixty-five-year-old men, have killed, they got a wall full of one hundred forty-class deer. Right. None of them hit them in where they thought was the right spot. Yeah. Not saying that the laser was you know calibrated by Department of Weights and Measures, but right, um, <laughs> right. I mean, it, it's it, it's people get fooled. I get fooled all the time. I mean, I'm no better shot or better hunter than anybody. You hit them in the shoulder. Middle to back half of the shoulder. There's a whole lot of stuff. There's a whole lot of bones that will break him up. It will slow him down. Yeah. It will bleed him. I know his heart and his lungs are in there somewhere. And I know I'm going to take at least one, if not two, tires out when I hit him. It's well, a great, safe shot. The, 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 the lungs Depends are... Depends on the equipment, too, because I don't, I don't shoot a bow the same place I shoot my muzzle. You up. can shoot one right through the lungs, and they'll run 50, a 60 yards time, yeah. or more. Mm-hmm. And then they'll just flat out... Could just die, die out right there. And any waterfowl hunters listening to this, you can bang, bang, bang on a duck, watch him fly out 500 yards and stone dead. Yeah. He ran out of air. 
you lunged them. Yeah. You may not believe it was little BBs because you're used to hitting them in the head and they fall. Yeah. You can lung them and they don't know when they're going to die. Yeah. And they're going to give it everything they got until they're done. And, and that's what it all comes that's down why, to. That's why I say shoot them in the face. You don't have to worry about <laughs> Correct. it. Correct. Yeah. yeah, shoot them in the white spot. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Turkeys are the same. Correct. Yeah. Yeah. Don't call me for turkey recovery. Right. Yeah, don't right. lung a turkey. Yeah. yeah. Shoot them in the face, man. Correct. No, 100%. And that comes down to like broadhead choice, arrows. Um, you know your kinetic energy like what i don't have the magic recipe i'm not going to tell everybody to shoot a 450 grain arrow um i'll tell you this if you're going to shoot a rage you need to be shooting a heavy arrow because yep. what happens is that light arrow gets there and especially at close range shots i know everybody listening has shot their deer target at 20 yards and it moves a little moves a little they shoot it at 30 it rocks so hard the horns fall off yep. well, why is that the energy is in line with the arrow and the flex out of that arrow is gone and it's all in line working Mm -hmm. for you so imagine what happens when you get there and you got a broadhead that needs to rear deploy yeah you see what i'm saying Mm -hmm. like all that energy has to go somewhere and it's like oh well that's where you get ricochets and glances off of ribs and like different things happen what you saw might not really be what what really happened the only thing Mm -hmm. you can control is when you get onto that blood trail if you shot a two inch raged broadhead through this deer he should be leaking Correct. If, if you got a pass And it through. should be getting better. And it should be getting Every better. They yards, always, get always, always, yep. always should be getting better. Yep. If it's not getting better and you don't see it blown out of his mouth, if you've gone 75 yards. If you don't see a spray. And and you're looking through the binox, you've gone 75 yards and you don't see him laying there, just get out. Walk away. Even if you don't call me. Just for the sake of the deer. For the sake of the deer and your sanity. Two hours. Yeah. At wait. least, a, yeah. Yep. Because hmm. like I said, you... the most common shot is always behind the heart. And the I've done it. You've done it. I yeah. know. I, we've all done it. it. It's unless that deer's quartering away, it is very, very hard to shoot a deer through the heart with a bow. Mm-hmm. Well, and don't it, don't the way give I up. read them. Half the heart's covered by the shoulder. A lot it, of it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you can't slide it in there. Right. Yep. I, unless you, know, you get that quartering shot, right. which may get stuck in the other leg. Yeah. And, and then you, you know, got one, one hole. That's what I'm saying. Like me and my dad have said that for 20 years. and said, "Make two holes in them. Yeah. Wherever you hit it, make two holes. That's just it." More blood. Correct. More places to bleed if you, and yeah. when in doubt, hit them a little lower than you thought because the blood, yeah. we've always said the blood's closer to the ground. Yeah. Most I've shot, out, man, you know. once, most I've shot when I see them running off and I'm looking at them, if, if the, the blood's pouring out like a water hose on both sides, that, that makes me smile, man. I'm and like, I'll oh, look, absolutely. Yeah. And I'll give that deer more time for for me because I'm not so anxious that did I hit him really good? Yeah. Did I hit him really good? One I know I smoked. I'm in no rush. Yeah. I'll go back to house cook breakfast. I'm now I'll wait, I'll wait for him because I know he's done. I wait. For I'm not one. even sweating it at I'll, all. I'm not calling anybody. I'm not fist bumping yet. But I'm I'm not sweating that at all. I'll re knock, reload, wait for another one to come I, by. Absolutely. Man. Yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> well, well, that goes without saying. And, and, I'm on a roll. Right. On this on this subject. <laughs> Who's next? On this subject, I, I and I full heartedly mean this, and I'm not. Trust me, I'm not uh, trying to lead sheep to free land or anything here. Yes, this is a business for me. This is something, but. You really, really, you have to understand why I got into this business and made the lunge that I made for this drone. I was a part of many, many Boone and Crockett deer that were never recovered. Unsuccessful yeah. recoveries. So, monsters. Mm-hmm. Deer we passed at three, passed at four, finally shot at five to never recover. Yeah. Yep. You know These what I mean? These are deer not with nicknames. These got first, middle, last names. Hey, buddy. <laughs> I got one in the around. 80s, one in the 90s, and now one in the 50s in Virginia yep. that I cannot tell you where they went to this day. Mm. Claiming on big gear, die hard. Claiming on a, a poor shot, whatever it really is. But now I can actually smile looking at the Mickey Bracies, looking at the sure. sleigh balls, looking at the guys that shot a deer that I don't know if they, they would have been found. 
Yeah. They could have been. I'm not saying like they wouldn't have found them without me. I'm not saying that. Mm -hmm. I'm saying some of these deer went north and I found them actually back to the southeast. Yeah. Sure. And people are like, what? He can be like, I'm like, sooner you look at a a deer, I always say this, just like we cover, the sooner you look at a deer as a big rabbit, the better off you'll be. Yep. Hmm. I like that. They're very, very typical. Yeah. Yeah. And and when it comes to tracking deer on foot, which uh, this is not a good promotion of your business. I'm not finding them with a drone, but you're you're for ethical means of finding a deer. Certainly, it's it's become pretty obvious. When you are looking through the woods, open oaks, you can see during the daylight. You can see ninety yards, hundred yards. Where would you walk if you were the deer? Yeah, that's probably where he went. Fifty-fifty with no blood, and you don't see any scuffed up leaves. If you think he went through right through that hole in those hollies, he probably did. Yeah, and look for blood on the other side. You don't see it, yeah. walk away. Anybody listening wants to cut down every holly on their property between now and October, <laughs> I would really appreciate that. They're not good for collecting and holding blood. Yeah, yeah that makes or it finding hard. deer. Yeah, yeah. and especially blood, at night, blood with a does not show up well on a holly tree, whether it be the leaves or the bark. I still yeah. ain't yeah. understood. I we saw don't shot have... one this year that, and she was. 260 yards shot with a seven millimeter blood spraying both sides and she ran right between two holly trees that was blood in the field blood in the field blood in the field nothing for 15 feet blood all over leaves i'm like damn where then when i went backwards i could see it just turned like black and purple and faded right into the tree yeah instantly uh, it's, I, I'm not a big and it's you know, a long jump man yeah <laughs> well, it's like I know she had to hit the ground in here somewhere yeah I can't right. tell you how many times a holly in the I'd, I'd catch like a glimpse of a thermal yeah midnight you know I'm flying like I'm yeah, tired I'm already <laughs> but I can't get that spotlight without a shadow yeah yeah you know what I mean and I'm like Bleak! like we're gonna go check that location because mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure your deer's laying there yeah. I just can't see it yeah <laughs> like, something's over there no hollies are tough cool but, well, Judd, thanks for coming yeah, by today, Yeah, thank you. There's a lot of good information. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. All your support, as always. Yeah, you guys absolutely. are a class act up here at Green Top, and I'm really looking forward appreciate to what we're going to do this yeah, next man, year. Yeah, man, you had a great season, uh, another great year to come. Um, you know, if you got, you know, do, do a herd analysis just or just a land analysis itself uh, from a different view, get some different information, give Judd a call, um, check him out. He does some great work, uh, and, and, of course, you do – uh, you got a lot of uh, just video content marketing. You know, if you're a small business and you want uh, you want Jeff to do some marketing for you, he's a, he's a great guy to do it. Appreciate it. Awesome. Yeah. Appreciate awesome. It. Thanks, Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Green Top Outdoors podcast. Hunting, fishing, and all things outdoors. It's not just a hobby; it's a lifestyle. Like and subscribe to the Green Top Outdoors podcast wherever you listen to podcasts, and learn more about Green Top at GreenTopHuntFish.com.